0: Hey, this is Bez Stone, and this is Freya Dietrich, and welcome to the Infinite Relating Podcast. Hello, Infinite Relaters. Good morning.
1: Welcome back. I Bez cut me off. I started talking, <laughs> and she was like, we're going to stop.
0: We're hitting record. <laughs> I can't. Can't yeah, waste we it. always do that. We're <laughs> just like, what are we going to do? How's this episode going to go? And then we start chat- chatting, and then I'm, I'm like, well, let's just... No, we need to capture this. Button. Yeah, yeah. And we have a lot to to go we over do. today. We got, we got stuff to cover. Yeah. Yeah, because like we said in our last episode, we are starting to work on an online course, which is really exciting because, yeah, yeah the podcast is so wonderful. Thank you all so much for listening. We yeah. have so many loyal followers, and you're among them. Or maybe this is your first episode. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome. It's just... Yeah, welcome. It's been amazing <laughs> to see the impact this is having on people and how often, yeah, like we said, you know, I run into people locally in the parking lot at the yeah. grocery store, and they're like, oh, my God, I'm through the episodes. When's your next one? Or I just oh, binged my on my drive, or I re-listened to them, or whatever. Yeah, I had to just
1: had a friend, like, quote me to me, and nice. I was like, Thank, I'm like, I needed to hear that. <laughs> totally. Like, I need the reminder because we're all in it together. Yeah, so, totally.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, I love that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so we're making this online course because... Yeah, because the podcast, I feel like the podcast is like a very organic exploration in real time of our relationships and we kind of riff a lot, which we'll do in the course too. But Absolutely. yeah, one of the things that we've been talking about for a long time is like, what are our core principles? What have we discovered? And we, we've we talked about this from the beginning of the podcast too and between you and I that right. like... We are just excavators. We're architects. Yes. We didn't make any of this up. No,
1: no. We, yeah, yeah, it's been and, a discovery. Yeah, and we were looking at the list before the episode, and that was it. I'm like, wow, we we couldn't, like, if we would have sat down and come up with these, they wouldn't have felt as authentic mm-hmm. and relevant. Yeah. But we, like, have excavated these as we've gone along, moving through our own, like, relationships and healing and trying to right. deconstruct. So they feel, they feel like they've kind of, like, come through the collective consciousness. and Yeah. And they all feel very essential to help us.
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so what what, what we're going to try to do today, we'll see what happens, because we, we often don't have a, this much of a plan, <laughs> so I'm kind of excited, um, is is that when we were beginning to write out materials for the course and you know the modules on these different principles, one of the things I realized that made it much easier to talk about them for me is that in every single one of these, we've been acculturated the exact opposite so literally mm. every of we made we've come up with 10 yeah every infinite relating you know core principle and i love that we did it the opposite we like <laughs> discovered this and then looking back it's like oh wow it's exactly the opposite of how we've been taught to be in relationships exactly. and it's kind of
1: yeah we have to deconstruct yeah. everything we know and i think that is the challenge and i think that's i remember even in the beginning saying how like we feel like, I feel like we're like in the dark, like feeling our way. Cause we basically had to like take everything that we've been taught right. and completely eliminate it and start, yeah start blank and in the dark. And totally. so, yeah, because it is, it's the exact opposite of yep.
0: it. Yep. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the core principles and then how we've been trained to do the opposite. <laughs> and, how, and then we'll see what
1: happens after yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully how to find
0: your way. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so the very first core principle that we decided to put on the top of the list because it feels so fundamental to infinite relating is breaking the script script, and going custom in relationships. And yes. Yeah, right before you were like, wait, what? what it <laughs> remind, remind me of what that, what that means. That means. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it just means you, it means eliminating the relationship escalator. So eliminating that. You know, predictable tract where you meet someone, you're interested in them and you step on the the escalator and just the the goal in dominant culture, how we've been acculturated is to just move up, you know move up the move up oh, the ladder look, move up the I met like, my
1: future husband right <laughs> or even if I haven't, I was like, oh, I've met my future lover, like whatever level mm-hmm. of yeah of escalation that is and and I feel like with this one it's I mean actually probably with all of them. It is, it's not something that I just catch myself in the beginning where yes. I'm like, oh, I, do, I met this great person. I'm really excited. I'm going to consciously not put them into some type of relationship box. I'm going to see what's here. That's, that seems doable in the beginning. Right. And then when you start to like connect, it's like our nervous system is programmed to just automatically start moving back onto that escalator. Right. So it's like you have to like catch yourself over and yes. over
0: again. Totally. Right. It's an ongoing thing. An ongoing... And I'm experiencing that too with this with a new relationship that I'm in because I've been with Max almost a year now. And so we have a lot of experience with infinite relating. He was a huge developer of this, all these things, yeah. you know, by being just my partner at the time <laughs> and having his own brilliant mind. Um, and now starting new relationships, it's like, wow, okay. Yeah. I can feel that temptation again, or just that acculturation. That's like, well, it has to be making progress. Yeah. Like you have to be going somewhere. You have to be increasing the intimacy at this kind of, you know, steady pace. It's like, well, if you've been together for a month or a week or a year or whatever your metric is and you haven't moved in together, you know, had sex or whatever. Sex said means I to, love you. Yeah, said like, I love you. Exactly. Met your kids, like whatever the things are. Um, yeah. Met your friends, met your work acquaintances or yeah, Right. Be spending a certain amount of time together. Yeah, then it's seen as this like major disaster. Then presented on social media. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's so many. Right, like
0: red flags, like all these Ooh, things. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. And when and I and like I said like we have to keep breaking ourselves from them. And I feel it feels really good. It has for me when, when we can have these moments of like, oh, actually, do I even want that? Does yes. that like do I want to introduce them to my work friends? Does mm-hmm. that even feel like important or yep. like as opposed to just like oh, thinking that
0: we should. Yep. That. Absolutely. And maybe we should add into this episode that why that sucks (laughs) for each one. Like, why does it suck? Like, why does being acculturated to get on the relationship escalator suck? And why didn't it work? And why do we not want to do that anymore?
1: Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess, like, for me, like you can't even think of, like, the work one or the family one, like, introducing. It's like this it's not really important to me, right? It's important to how my relationship looks on the outside. Yes.
0: And oh, that's, brilliant. yeah,
1: that's what I really, I got. I had that in the beginning. Yeah. It's like, I like what my friends think, what my coworkers think, how it looks on the outside. Those are the markers of a success that the relationship is moving and the, yep. I'm not wasting my time. Right. Air quotes, wasting my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and really like a lot of the time it, it's uncomfortable for me. I'm not really interested in it. It's not like, it's not what excites me about my connection right. with this person, but it's, like, a thing that I should do.
0: Yes. And, mm-hmm. and and
1: it can feel, it can cause, um I'm just thinking of past relationships where it, they're, like, I can feel my partner's resistance. He's, like, I don't want to meet your work friends. Yeah. And I'm, like, yeah, I don't even want to hang out with these people outside of work. Right. No, except now, I love you, everybody at work. You're great. Right. <laughs> You've got a loyal work
0: following here. Uh,
1: <laughs> but but in my past life and it, so it's like we're doing things that make both of us uncomfortable because we mm-hmm. think we're supposed to. Right. So that I think there's so many of those markers. And same with like meeting your kids or Absolutely. or just like moving into like some level of commitment right. or some type yes. of relationship. Yep. It's like It has nothing to do with what either of you want or how you want to relate. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think since I'm a big dork, I see these like (laughs) corollary branches off in my mind right now of like different principles or, you know, and I think should attach to breaking the script and going custom as being a core principle Mm. should is on there, you know, in terms of like how we're acculturated to do things that we should do instead of what we want to do. And then also you said um, it's how it looks from the outside and not how it feels from the inside. And that being such a huge part of infinite relating is that, yeah, who cares what it looks like from the outside? Who cares if you're hitting those markers that supposedly are for a healthy relationship, even though we've hit those markers, what we say all the time, and our relationships were super unhealthy and unsatisfying. So. Yeah, I think this one is so important for that. Like, it's not how it looks. It's about how it feels. Absolutely. I think that, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's core all the way through yeah, all the time. Yeah. And it's a constant battle of, like, how does this look? How do? Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Am I doing what I should? Yeah. All right, Drill Sergeant Bez is going to move us along here to Sovereignty. To...
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> it's so- got your name next to it. I know, it does. So, I mean,
1: so- <laughs> Sovereignty is, like, it's my passion project of the last couple years because it's, it's establishing this relationship with self like i i enter in good good relationships on all levels of my life because i have developed a deeper trust of myself the way that i'm connected to my sensations the way that i'm connected to my truth knowing that i will speak it when i have this awareness and i think the ooh when i saw sovereignty today is because i keep catching myself again Mm -hmm. it's like i've been i've been working on this i've been committed to it i've i've been falling in love with this like truer version of me yeah but I still keep catching myself um caretaking my partner's experience I still keep catching myself kind of like having a sensation that wants to tell me something and rejecting it judging it making it wrong and shoving it aside because it doesn't fit whatever probably the escalator or whatever that I'm on or the should and so it's just this reminder of like the only way I can have like a any of the life experiences that I want to have, the only way yeah. that I can have these positive experiences is to stay connected to that. Because, because I don't, even if I do everything I think I can to make you have a good experience, I'm guessing based on my own stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm not even connecting to my own stuff when I'm in right. that realm. So it's like how. So it's just that re, like remembering, like I feel safe, I feel joy, I feel high sensation, I feel like all the good things come. When I am connected to my life experience and when I take responsibility. If I want or need something, I'm gonna take care of that. And if that means I need to step away, I'm gonna do that. If that means I need to collaborate with you, it means I wanna reach towards you. And and when I do that, I've got me and I feel safe and I feel like empowered to have really great life um, opportunities. And when I meet you and you're in that same place, Mm -hmm. it feels so safe and yummy. Yeah. Like that so that and that was the big thing too, I think was like i really got committed to this because being around other people like sovereign people who had themselves yeah who could say no to me who could risk you know the discomfort of what that means who could tell me what they want and need like that created such a delicious playground for us and yeah. it created such like a safe place to connect an authentic place to connect right and i was like that's what i want yeah i want i want to be that too yep so that's my commitment yeah and we're acculturated <laughs> totally opposite of that oh that's right thank you we're supposed to do mm-hmm. the opposite yeah I mean that's it like we're taught I mean before we like from the time we're tiny yeah the way we take care of ourselves is we take care of everyone around us yep. we make ourselves agreeable we deny any of like the discomfort or uncomfortable feelings yeah and we're yeah we're, I think we're we're taught <laughs>
0: I know and I think like, I think especially like acculturated female people you know regardless of your current gender like, yeah, being raised as a woman, there is just this deep sense that, like, once we're in relationship, like, there's a level of ownership. Yeah, And I think that probably goes for everybody. You know, I haven't been raised male, so I can't say for sure what that experience is like from the inside. But I know for me, and I, I think it probably is just across all gender lines, like, culturally, once you're with someone there's ownership, you know, mm. and literally women used to be property. So that's like I a real thing. Yeah, not that long and yet. then you're beholden to each other. So like, I am no longer a free being, you know, that's mm. literally maybe like the, some people's definition of being in a relationship oh, is that. that Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm no longer a free being, you know, I, I need to check in with my partner about certain things. My options are limited. Like, and of course there's a reality to consideration. Like we talk about all the time, right. That when I'm in a partnership, it is a different life choice than being totally single. You know, those are different, yeah. but the sovereign piece, I think has been so essential for me too because yeah we're just trained to be like I cannot make decisions for myself once I'm in a partnership there's only us, you know, and my personal needs. And I don't even have the authority to go after my own personal needs without being a total bitch, without being betraying my partner, you know, all these these stories that we're taught.
1: And we romanticize it. It's not just that we're taught, like, this is, like, the thing we should do or that's, like, what a good person does, but we make it, like, listen to love songs. They're all of of this, like, codependent, like, nobody has boundaries or edges anymore. It's really romanticized to go into that codependent relationship where it's like... I don't get to. I am not empowered to make my own life, my life choices and experiences exactly. anymore. Right, and and we like you watch that, and I mean, felt it in previous in previous relationships, and you watch it around you. It's like you like you see people's lights dim. Yep, totally. Because they just kind of like they lose their life force energy as they kind of like mold into this like.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this this one particularly sucks to me because. <laughs> Like when I don't feel like the sovereign ruler of my life and my body and my emotional energy and what I do with my time and all these things, you know, because I think this is really important that, you know, in my sovereignty and as the ruler of my life, I can absolutely make conscious, intentional decisions to do things to accommodate my partner. Like that's a right. totally valid thing that like you're, a, you, you do, Absolutely. you know, as a sovereign ruler, you're not just like, it's all me, asshole. Yeah, you know Take care of yourself. Yeah. It's just like, I get to choose though. Yeah. And I have lived so in so many relationships where I did not give myself that choice and I felt stuck and I felt disloyal if I want. And like, that is such a it's actually a frightening place to be to think that I don't have control over my own actions, that I don't get to decide what's right for me in my life. Like, yeah, that's how we end up in abusive relationships. That's how we end up miserable. That's how we end up stuck. And that's stuck. As like know. stuck, trapped. Like those are the sensations. Mm-hmm. Listening to you, yeah, 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 or be and beholden. You know, this feeling of expectation and obligation, which I just cut and paste because I think I she think should she she go next. there next. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So expectation and obligation being another huge thing that is a core principle of imminent relating is eliminating those.
1: Yeah, yeah. And again, the opposite. We're all taught. Like, you want to be a good partner. You want to yep. be a good... Yeah, you want to be a good friend. You want to be a good mom. Like, all the things that you're supposed to do yeah. to answer that. And it's, it's one... It's like one script that society says has nothing to do with the people around you. I mean, like, being a mom has really helped me with this one. I have three boys and they're so different, so completely different. And so if I take this one script of what I'm supposed to do to be a good mom, it might work for one of them. And then it's going to completely disconnect me with the other two. And, you know, so like, and again, like that, I I catch myself over and over again, responding to the people in my lives in this sense of like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do to be a good girlfriend, to be a good friend. And it's like, and then like, and then like when you catch yourself, you're like, God, this doesn't actually work for either of us. No, no. It, 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 yeah, it, it, so, and if, and it doesn't, if it doesn't work for either of us, it feels really shitty. Like you can, I think most of us have this resistance, maybe not the, initially, especially when we're like new relationship energy and everything's really exciting and you're getting you kind of like, your yeah. feet aren't on the ground, but when you catch yourself moving into obligation, it feels shitty. It yeah. makes you want to run away. It makes you want to push. And then the, uh, to be on the other side of it, when you feel someone who's like meeting you out of obligation, yeah, it's the fucking worst. No, it's, it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> right?
0: It's gross. And yet that's what we're taught to do. You and know?
1: we're, and we're taught to demand it from our partners. Right. Like I remember being in my marriage and be like, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to love me this way. And again, it's like all those markers are what it looks like on yeah. the outside, but mm-hmm. yet to, to like, to even like expect him to act a certain way. And it's yes. like without realizing like what that did to both of us. Yes. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think that that, it's absolutely both directions where I am acculturated and have been trained to you know, be obligated to certain things, just like we were saying, and that's why this relates so much to sovereignty is like, well, once you're in a partner, you have to do X, Y, Z, you know, right. it's the expectation. If you don't do it, you're not a good partner.
1: Yeah. You're not a caring person. Yeah. You're, you're not right, a caring yeah.
0: person. And, and this is like, I think, you know, sex is always my prime example, but this is one of the ones where it's like so glaringly mm-hmm. obvious and, and especially in monogamous relationships where it's literally like, well, you're the only person I can have sex with. So clearly you owe me sex because, right. <laughs> Who else am I gonna get it from? Well, you know, and, and, and this is like a core need of mine. I was to say, yeah, that's how you have a healthy relationship. Right.
1: Like, if you don't, then mm-hmm. the relationship is doomed. Like, there's so many, right. there's so much pressure on that.
0: Right. And so we're taught that, yeah, once you get into a relationship, you do owe your partner certain things, and you are obligated to perform certain tasks or to show up in certain ways. Myself, and then the same is extended to my partner. You know, the way that we're conditioned is that, just like you were saying, now there's expectations I put onto them. And if they don't meet them, that's like, I mean, that's, that's what, that's like literally what like 90% I think of the world (laughs) talks about to each other when they talk about their relationships is how their partner's not meeting their expectations. Right. I mean, that's what I used to do. The whole, I would, I would talk to my girlfriends, we'd bitch about our, our partners and it would be like, can you believe he did this? I asked him this and he didn't do it. And you know, he's acting this way. Like, can you believe it? (laughs) Yeah. Because that's clearly not how he's supposed to act. Because, you know, there's this script, and there's this escalator, and there are these expectations, and and when we live by those, like, it, I mean, it sucks for so many reasons. So many. I mean, this one sucks so hard.
1: And I even feel like, like, listening to you say that, I was like, yeah, I would feel, like, embarrassed. I would feel embarrassed if my partner mm-hmm. wasn't acting in these ways that he was expected to or culture. Right. Even, and, like... Like I said, it wasn't because I was actually wanting or needing that thing. It was because there was, like, embarrassment of how it looked to the people around me. And it's, like... Totally. Yeah, there's so much suffering in that one that really... And I think the key is, like, with all of these, it doesn't mean, like... It doesn't mean I don't want my partner to meet me in these certain places or I don't want to have more sex or what. But it's, like, I I really want to, like, self-check. Like, is this something that's important to me? Why is it important? How are the different ways that we can actually meet each other in it? Right. As opposed to... Yeah, being just, like, automatically in these spaces of obligation and expectation.
0: Yeah. And what's, to me, like, the most devastating part of obligation and expectation is that when I'm operating on those principles and a relationship is operating on those principles, I never get to feel someone's actual love and Mm. desire for me. I never get to feel their true service. Because even if they're giving me true service, a part of me, like you were saying, cause we're both kind of like recovering, I don't know what you would call it <laughs> codependent people or whatever. Yeah. Is I'm always like, does he actually want to be doing this? Is he doing this for totally. me? Like, cause if he's doing it for me, then he's going to get resentful and I need to make sure that he's actually being authentic. It's like, I have oh, to manage his gosh. love for me, you yeah. know, instead of really getting like, okay, like I, and, th- and that was such a breakthrough moment for me too. And in, in relationship was just to let go and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to operate on this new principle where there are no expectations, there are no obligations. I'm going to do my best to then deliver what I want to you and receive what mm. I want from you and trust, you know, or not trust that you're either giving me what you want or not. Cause we've talked <laughs> about this too, that there was a breakthrough moment with me with Max where I was like, if you're caretaking me, I can't do anything about that. Like, I don't want you to, but like, how about it? You yeah. know, because I'm not going to caretake your caretaking, <laughs> you know? That I think is really
1: was really profound. Having yeah. that moment, we keep coming back to that moment because it is. It's like, yeah, we want to caretake, so the other one isn't
0: caretaking. But it's like, right, we just have to. I surrender. Like I just surrender. Gotta, like, I have to surrender. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing, maybe not, but a big thing, which leads into our next point, that expectations and obligations hamstring is your desire because yeah. instead of actually knowing what you want and sex, there is no better example to me than sex, where once people, especially people, you know, culturally female start having sex out of obligation to their partner, the first thing it does is kill your desire. Like that's the first thing it does. Cause instead of moving from your own wanting and feeling your own arousal and your own interest in your partner, suddenly it's like, well, it's been a week. And so we have to have sex because normal couples have sex at least once a week or once a month or twice a week or every day or whatever your metric is. <laughs> right. And that thing of like, well, we, I need to be a normal couple and mm. I'm, I'm not fulfilling my obligation to being a good partner if I'm not like, you know, having sex with you frequently enough. Right. And then what happens is that then just desire goes away because then you're not listening Absolutely. for it. You're not honoring your own desire. Instead, you're going by the calendar. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's I, the next, the next, the next one, the next is principle, desire. desire. Ooh. Which is Yeah. It's
1: huge. Um, I think the biggest thing that we were talking about before the podcast is like, I I know I've been taught and I think it's really common. Like desire is it's selfish. It's untrustworthy. Yes. It's dangerous. It's risky it's not to be trusted. And there's so many great examples why because when i desire to like drink alcohol and eat like food that's really bad for me, like i'm like look at there's proof. My desire yeah. isn't safe. And then when you start to get into desire, you can can kind of start to see well like okay, those might be the ways that i've i've found to satiate whatever part of me is like longing or yearning. But my core desires are not for French fries and alcohol. Yeah, you know my my core desires are for nourishment and connection and maybe excitement and new new opportunities. So we have found dysfunctional ways to to respond to our desires, and so like, I think that it can feel like they're they're dangerous or not trustworthy. Yeah. But when we can like sit with them and kind of go under, if I go to this place and I think it was from the book Unbound that mm-hmm. you're reading, it was like mm-hmm. the first invitation of like when I can go into this place where I'm like my desire is, like, my internal truth, yeah. that it is what it informs me, like, of who I am in this life, and what I desire, and which direction I should be going to find, like, the best life that I can yeah. create, and so if I can come to this place of, like, I trust my desire, yeah. it is, like, that is, like, my number one compass, it invites me into this whole new space, and if I trust my desire, I'm going to find healthy, exciting, fun, new ways to satiate these desires Mm -hmm. that aren't, you know, that's dysfunctional, like sideways
0: that I've maybe done it. Absolutely. Yeah. And desire to me, I mean, just even you describing it at the beginning there, it's like, I just pictured this, like, it has a very like sex, like sex worker kind of vibe, Mm. you know, like (laughs) the same way that we like really shame and shun sex workers because, It's this, like, visual outward representation of desire, you know, of our human need for sexual connection, of intimacy, emotional connection, edge-pushing, risk-taking, you know, all these things that are, like, core human needs, but that have been, like, secretized by our culture, because it's like, well, everybody wants it, but you're not supposed to talk about it, you know, and I don't even want to get into politics, because that really (laughs) bothers me about, you know, all these rules and laws about sexuality and things that come from sexuality, but yeah, it's like this, this, yeah, this, like, dirty secret, you know, And I think desire to me is the primary reason that we're acculturated away from our desire. And instead of being like, yeah, go after what you want is because it literally breaks every other rule that we just <laughs> listed, which is yeah, that right. if you follow your desire, you're not going to fulfill your obligations yeah. and you're not going to meet my expectations and you're not going to be beholden to me, even though now you're my wife and, or my partner or whatever, right. so you're supposed to do what I say. You know, And you're going to break the script and go custom (laughs) because you want something innovative and that maybe hasn't been done before and that maybe is non-traditional. And I remember like when I first, I mean, we're always getting things to deeper layers, you know, always like we continually will be doing that until we die is my hope. Um, (laughs) But I remember when I got some layer of desire and I was just like doing the math in my head, you know, and I was like, this is fucking idiotic that people are like, don't follow your desire and then you'll have the life you want. I was like, the only way to have what you want is to follow your fucking desire. Right. right? You have to know what you want so you can have a life that actually works for you, Mm. you know, for you. And I could see it. And I was like, Oh my God, I've just been trained away from that. Like literally growing up, my mom, God bless her, was like, you know, you need to marry a doctor or a lawyer and have the white picket fence and have two kids. I mean, she literally like would tell me those things, you know? And again, if that's what someone wants, no, great. Like, you know, it might be an easier life than I've chosen for myself. (laughs) But yeah, I just remember really getting that. And it feels good to remember it again and just be like, there is literally no way to have a life that fulfills me uniquely, except by honoring what I want and what my interests are and where my passions lead me and what actually works for me. And the risk is, you know, this deep fear I think we have as humans of being ostracized Made fun of, you know, yeah. seen as freaky, like all these things. But like, oh my god! Like the 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 benefit of actually, like being willing to listen to what I want and and actually believe that there is no way for me to have true fulfillment except by honoring that.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely. Just, I mean, it's life.
0: It's totally life changing, and it's very radical in our society. It
1: is, and it, it's it's radical, and yet we have like we have a few people who we allow in society. To, like, really rise up in their uniqueness. Mm, and, mm. like, and we we honor them. We get excited. We're inspired by them. Like, look at, like, they followed yes. their desire. And they did their unique path. And they're amazing. Right. But it's only the ones that are, like, wildly successful in capitalist right. terms that, yes. like, get to do that. Totally. But it's, like, there is a part of us that does kind of honor. Like, look at that. They, like, followed their yep. heart. Like, there's movies about it all the time. They follow. Yeah. But for the rest of us, it's dangerous. Right. And <laughs> we totally. better, like, stay. Yeah, we better stay in our place. And that's the... The sensation, I mean, because I grew up in a very religious, um, like, small town in the Midwest, and it was just, like, my desire was dangerous. Like, it was going to lead me off the path. Yeah. It was going to lead me off of safety. And I remember being at, like, my first sex party, and I was like, oh, my God. (gasps) I was like, this is everything that I was taught was so dangerous. And I'm following my desire and I feel so safe. Like this is the safest I've ever felt because I'm not following anyone else's script. I'm not stepping into obligation. I'm like, I've got me here. And the only thing that's going to happen is what I desire to happen. Right. And it was like, that actually feels so
0: safe. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. I I don't remember if I've told this story on this podcast or not because I have like literally the worst memory in the world. So (laughs) I apologize, (laughs) but I'll keep it short. But I remember when I was really confronting this, Principal years ago, and just having this absolute panic grip me. And this was specifically when I was, you know, working a lot with sexuality. That if I let my desire out, my specific fears, I would be fat. I would be a drug addict. I would be homeless, like in a gutter, Mm. having sex with like thousands of people a day. (laughs) I would lose my children. That's extreme. Yeah, it was. And it literally felt like if I let my sexual desire out, this thing that I have been conditioned to repress my entire life, you know, Mm. very strongly. Cause it's dangerous. Cause yeah, yeah it's wanton. Like I, I think I have shared in my family, like, you know, being a slut, being a whore was like the worst, you know, Oh my God, that's like the worst, but, like worse than some really bad things, you know, <laughs> some actually bad things. And yeah, I remember just being terrified. I would like cry about it. I was like, oh. I can't let this out. Cause it's literally going to destroy my entire life. Wow. And then I finally agreed to let it out with myself. I had a big, you know, I went through all the work and put myself through the ringer and was like, okay, I want to know. Like, I want to know what I want. I want to know what my sexuality actually is. And I didn't have sex with anyone for an entire year. Because I was like, I don't even know. It, it prompted me to realize that I'd been running on obligation sexually my entire life. Right. It was performative. It yeah. was for him. Because at that time I was only having sex with men. It was, you know, it was about how it looked and smelled and it wasn't about (laughs) me at all. Right. And so it was ironic that once I actually, just like you're saying, when I actually let my true desire out and gave myself access to it, it was not, it was not what I feared. It wasn't this big, scary monster. It was actually this quiet part of me that was like, I want to be present with my sexuality. I want to feel things. Mm -hmm. I want to actually be here. I want to like feel for me, not just for him, you know? So it is, it is this twisty, funny thing where we're, we're like trained to fear the monster that like doesn't exist you right know? We're, and I think
1: the thing is like i we're taught we're not we're taught to not trust ourselves right like that's it it's like when you go into that space and you're that present and you're really feeling your experience yeah you you are gonna self limit because you are gonna find you're gonna find your fulfillment you're gonna find your edge but when you're gonna be attuned enough yep. to really have yourself it's yeah yeah oh, wow that is
0: yeah that is really deep yeah following our desire ends leads us to the gutter like really like yeah. that's oh my god I know we could go two directions here we could go embracing welcoming change or returning to self I feel them both do you have a preference that's kind of returning to self I feel like that's kind of where we're going great returning to self all the information is inside of us this is one that like I feel like we've been talking about it a lot, but it didn't—it didn't really click for me until like last episode or the one before. When I think you said all the information is inside of us, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I it's like we've been talking about this kind of around it, but maybe not just saying it so plainly. Kind yeah. of like the duh, obvious. No offense, but like <laughs> about like you can't have the life you want if you don't know your desire <laughs> wow. and go after what you uniquely want. I really like feel that bad. one. It's how right life now. works, you yeah. know, like that's not the math. The equal sign is like not, you know. <laughs> Like, yeah, the same way that like, of course, where else would the information, like, where else would it be? Right. And of course, you know, we learn, we study, you're listening to this podcast, I, you know, study things obsessively, and, and want to learn new techniques and want to learn different people's perspective. But at the end of the day, like when I, like, almost all the teachings that to me are are so fundamental, it is about, you know, looking within and totally. learning to trust my compass and knowing how to read it and knowing how to yeah, know what works for me, what doesn't, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think, like, to look at the
0: the opposite of this is, like, I mean,
1: from the time we're very small, we are social creatures, so nice. the way we're taught is to look, look outside, like, you learn how to walk, you learn how right. to play, you learn, because you're always looking to, like, to, like, everybody around you, and the people who love you want to teach you, and so yeah. it makes sense that that's, like, how, that that's such a, like, strong drive at us, like, mm-hmm. I learn from everybody around me, and, and that's a great skill to have. It's, it's, it's how he says, how we learn to right. do like self-betterment and self-improvement and like all the new things in the world. But, but really like we need the balance of like what's happening in my system. Yeah. When I, when I try this thing that I just saw Bez do and it looks really right. awesome and I want to try it. It's like, okay, but how does it feel inside myself when I do it? And does this feel, does it feel good? Does it feel scary? Does it feel edgy? Does it feel like, is there heat? Is there right. contraction? And. And I like this, this concept is kind of like when I come back to my, my idea of divinity and spirituality It's like, okay, I came here to be human. I was, I'm given this vessel that has like, so like is able to process and feel so much sensory yeah. information oh my god! Yeah, and we're taught as we get older to kind of like ignore it and shut it down so that we can go to work and can do the things mm-hmm. and take care of the kids and, and get through traffic. Right. But, <laughs> but really like this this information when I feel heat, when I feel cold, when I feel contra when I feel all of those sensations, like that gives me so much information to what is happening, if it works for me, if it's safe for me, if it feels good, yeah. if I wanna keep moving in this direction or if I wanna keep move away from it. It's like when you put right. your hand like towards a stove. And, like, you can ignore that. You can be like, ah, oh, it's hot and uncomfortable, whatever, but right. society says I should touch this thing. Right. Or you can be like, um, actually, I'm really feeling that, and yeah. I'm I'm at my edge, and maybe I can hang out here and have some curiosity. And then at some point, you're like, no, I that doesn't feel good for yeah. me anymore. I need to pull away. And, and so, like, really trusting that. But we, the challenges, I think, at least for me, I know, like, I just, like, numbed myself out for years in survival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, now, when I'm letting sensation flood back in, it's it can be overwhelming it can be it can be a lot but but i think what makes it most overwhelming is is the
0: resistance yep totally yeah i mean i think yeah absolutely i feel like listening to you speak just now i have a couple of different threads in my mind and one is like definitely we're acculturated to think that other people know the answers, you know, and I was raised Jewish and I think Jews, we have a better relationship with God than my, what I see my Christian friends struggling with. Friends. Like, too. I will give you that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's less of that feeling of like, God knows better than you. <laughs> Jude- Judaism is actually a very contemplative religion. No, like I, You argue and you you question things and, you know, people change, you know, things evolve more than I, yeah. other No, I also. was taught
1: as a Christian, I was like, oh, I think I just need to find myself more when I was like in college. And one of my family members are like, no, that's
0: dangerous. You need yeah. to find God. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, oh. So yeah, like baked into our whole, you know, system is like that someone else knows better than you. But really what it is, is that someone else knows the rules, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's not so much like that. Um, I, I think it's, uh, how do I say this? It's more that like, it, it's less about, it kind of, again, goes against everything else that we've said so far, which is that when I look within. I'll find my desire. I'll stop acting out of obligation. Mm. I'll live my life in a more custom way. And then kind of what you were saying at the, in the last bit of like, yeah, how do we manage getting through life that way? I will like vibrate with <laughs> energy and aliveness and power, you know, and all of these things are are very um, going against the dominant culture, right. you know? And I think that there is just, I don't know why, if this is like sort of human evolution, because there's certainly, I think, at least we're demonstrating in our era, which is the only one I've been alive in as me that I remember, a really strong pull toward traditionalism where there mm-hmm. is this like innovation. And yeah, like you're saying, you know, there's a few people that are allowed to do that. Right. But then for the dominant culture, it's, yeah, there's this real fear of change, you know, mm-hmm. and of things changing. Like honestly, power getting disrupted, customs changing. I mean, yeah, we see this all over the place, like, on the national level, at least here in the U.S., and then probably globally, too, that all these principles that, you know, we're, like, all these norms that we're going against right now with infinite relating are really, like, those norms are shaped to keep things the same, you know, like, that's kind of what it is, is, like, Keep the status quo. Yeah, keep the status quo, because even if it sucks, it's knowable, and it's not horrible. You know, it's, it's survivable. It's kind of it's comfortable. Not, sure, yeah. yeah there's, ish. like, a certain... Right. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that... Um, what was our principle again? I totally got off track. <laughs> Returning, Returning to self. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> no, let's go, coming, let's back. Come back. coming back. We're coming back.
0: Yeah, this idea of, like, that I could know for yeah. myself... I mean, it goes, it, it's just, it's mind bending to be like, that means I have sovereignty. That means I have agency. Yeah. That means I get to decide my life. That means I'm not on the track, you know, to, of just this escalator that I have no choice right. about, you know, it means that, yeah. And it means that I get actually, actually get to choose for myself and know myself, which yes. is like so beautiful. And
1: this is the principle that we laugh at every time when one of us is struggling and we leave our voice message and we're, and like one of us will be like, Oh, yeah. return to self. Right. This is it. Cause it's like whenever any of these other things are like when I'm feeling anxiety or yes. challenge, we're just like, Oh, cause I was over in someone else's experience. Right. For Yeah. Right. I was trying looking to them to for answers or mm-hmm. trying to take care of them or right. whatever, whatever it is. And it's like every single time our way out yeah. is to come
0: back to self. Yeah. It is so true. Oh my God. <sighs> I feel that one. I know. It's really good. It is really good. Yeah. It's, Oh, yeah, it's profound,
1: and we have a great segue to the next one. And yeah, I was just
0: saying. Uh, totally embracing and welcoming change. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, I really do feel like, to some degree, like I, like we were just kind of pointing to, like every single cultural custom is around avoiding that. Yeah. Like every single one. It's like all that we've talked about so far. The escalators, you know, the beholdenness, the obligation is is to keep things the same and to avoid the. The, the sometimes terror yeah. of things changing.
1: And like, honestly, like when you think about it on that bigger scale, like to support the power structures and whatever right. that is, if that's the church or the government or your employer or your partner, the right. way you've established, we know, however yeah. you've entered into the relationship. Yeah. Like
0: we get into these power structures that it's yeah. like, it's scary. Yeah. It's scary to disrupt. Oh my God. And I really want to like speak to, um, that how, like it's terrifying You know, it is terrifying. And I have so much compassion for that. I identify as, like, a very brave and courageous person. And I think that is how it, you know, that is a really strong part of me. Yeah. And I think part of that helps me understand even more. Like, it's fucking terrifying. Like, to really be faced with this stuff and to be, you know, and and we'll not just talk about on a social, you know, because obviously there's there's so many issues that want to change. (laughs) But just on a very personal level in a relationship, I think this, my acculturation towards avoiding change and it being scary and it causing wreckage and Mm. it, um, again, putting me back in that gutter, but for different reasons, (laughs) you know, it wasn't like the fun, fat, happy whore. It was like (laughs) the, you know, like I fucked up, you know, like I lost it. Like I had this relationship and, you know, I, I couldn't hold on to it. And, you know, all these things, but I just, I just can think of so many relationships I've been in where I've been unhappy and I've known I had to get out even. And I was like too scared. Mm -hmm. You know, I was so scared of change and I was so scared of losing the connection and so scared of, yeah, the financial implications. I mean, there's very real, you know, I don't want to dumb it down that like, there's very real implications to Adopting this principle and really allowing relationships to change, especially once you have kids. Yeah, Yeah, you have shared finances, you cohabitate. You know, there's all these real things that I just have a lot of reverence for this one because it can really seem and there's a really strong argument for well, this is actually, I can't apply this principle to my life because mm, yeah. I have kids, you know, we own a business together. We've been together for 20 years. Like, what are you telling me to do? Just like let it change. And the, or like, this is my insane. this is
1: my only access to love and connection yeah. and intimacy. Exactly. Like that, even if it's really challenging, like there's those little moments that I want to hold on to. Like, like yeah, oh, that was a big one. Yeah. 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 And so this one, I do. I think it does feel like, like, there are definitely cultural reasons why, but this one feels like it can be really personal. Yeah. Like, this is, like, I don't want to change. I resist change. The anxious yeah. part of me, she, like, claw- digs her closet oh, and holds okay. on. Because she's like, no, there was something good here. There's something sweet. Like, it was real. It's true.
0: Yeah. And. Yep. Yeah. And I think that and is, because I was working on, you know, just kind of brainstorming for this topic in my, in our new course, I think... This might be true for all of them, but I feel like for more than any of them in my heart, this principle is important because it's what's actually real. Yeah. Like, it's what's actually real. Like, and I think about, I I say this with control all the time, too. Like, if control worked, I would do it. (laughs) Like, I would totally do it. I'm super, I I could run the world so well. I could manage my you know I could have great ideas for my partner and all my friends (laughs) I'm kind of into that world I'm (laughs) willing to check it out (laughs) but it just doesn't work you know and I think that this this is why there's almost like a yeah I feel like we both feel it talking about this one it's not melancholy but there's this like depth to it or Mm. this sort of like almost sadness I guess inside of me with the reality that things change like that's all that ever happens is things will change like everything you love you will lose Every moment is gone. You know, it's just gone. And, like, if it were different, then maybe this principle would be different. Like, if yeah. life weren't like this, then perhaps things would – then we would have a different principle for infinite relating. Right. But this one is just 100%, I think, just bravely accepting the, the total reality, inevitability, that, like, yes. if you're in a relationship, if you're alive and you're <laughs> a human, you will t- – like, you have to change. Like, that's what you're doing. Yeah. Like, whether you accept it or not, it's what's happening. And so I think infinite relating is a call to be brave and courageous mm. and actually get on, get in alignment with that and, yeah. uh, and admit it instead of living with the head in the sand and being like, I'm going to pretend that this will last forever. I'm going to pretend that everything's fine, even though I can feel a shift inside of me that might want something else. Yeah. Or I'm going to pretend that I'm not going to lose my partner because we're in love. And and I'm going to tap dance and do all the things to make sure it doesn't shift or change mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm going to
1: wear myself out to, to the, all the ends. To make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah. As opposed to, and I appreciate you acknowledging, like, I think part of what helps is, is acknowledging the sadness and the grief. Yeah. And to, like allow, like when I can allow myself to feel that. Oh, I know. It's so, it's so exquisite. Right. You're like, that, yeah, you, I mean, it's like raising kids like that, that I mean, like having it for this one, the kid yeah. thing is like, yeah. I will look at my 15 year old and my heart like beams and it aches. Yeah. Because I'm like, totally. I see every version of themselves they've yeah. ever been. It's like it's like proof of change in relationships yeah. right there,, yep. and it's like it there yeah, there's like the bitterness and the sweetness all yeah. in it and and I think the big thing for me is like if I allow myself to grieve,
0: yeah. If
1: I allow myself to say, "God, this is really scary." Like I love my partnership right now, yeah. And I want it. To, I want to hold on to like the yumminess, yeah. And it's scary to to surrender to the yeah. fact that this this is a this is a sweet moment, and the next one's going to be different, and the next one's going to be different, and, right. and I don't know what it is. It could be fucking amazing. Like could you know? be better. Could yeah. be better. <laughs> totally. Oftentimes it is. Yeah. But but it's just, there's, yeah, there's no control. Yeah. There's just surrender.
0: Yep. 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 And I think I just, yeah, again, want to highlight in your languaging right there, even you said surrender to the fact that it will change. And it's like, yeah, that's what this principle is not just glancing over the word fact, but being like, yeah, that is a fact. (laughs) Like let's actually get real with the fact that that's a fact. (laughs) (laughs) You can't regain the past. You own, all we can do is be present and move forward. And that we're gonna die. You know, I feel like ultimately, I feel like this is kind of our cultural obsession with like youth and health and you know what we consider health and like being the absence of disease. You know, like there's just this this general way that we're trained or that I've been trained at least to, yeah, just live in this pretend make believe land where nothing. I'm not gonna grow old and and I'm not not gonna get sick. Yeah, (laughs) and that I'll never lose my partner and that you know I just. Oh, this one is so near and dear to my heart Um, just because, yeah, I I feel like when I choosing to actually admit this and not just admit it, but accept it and then not just accept change, but embrace change and welcome Mm. it probably has changed my relationships maybe, maybe more than anything, you know, and really allowed me to be in a partnership now and in other relationships now where I feel actually happy. And we talked about that, too, like when things don't change we're stuck in a rut and we're miserable. Right. But then when you give people the solution, they're like, no. That's so scary. (laughs) I I mean,
1: because it's like, I feel like I can feel the visualization of like, my hands have to let go of something and
0: that's scary because I don't know what's there. I have no idea what's going to catch me. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I feel like this is, to me, this is when you know, we boldly go forward together, because it's like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, none of us know what's going to happen next. And I think this is when having friends, so maybe we go talk about community is so important, because it's yeah. like, without, um can we do that? Yeah, absolutely. Without having, you know, camaraderie in this, in this really terrifying experience of yeah. actually choosing to be like we were saying, like vibrating with aliveness and to be Living in reality, which is that change is inevitable and happening all the time and that yeah. I can't stop it, and which is that I'm sovereign and my biggest task is to know my desire and then bravely follow it. Like yeah. all of this is really intense. It's, it's really not really overwhelming. Yeah. It's really
1: intense. <laughs> yeah. I'm falling apart all the time. The more yeah. I surrender to it. And yeah, and the next step is is community. And the only yeah. way I mean, the only way I'm able to be this version of myself right here right now is because of the community I've had. Yeah. Having you, having people who are committed to growing and evolving and, like, facing facing the hard stuff. And I think, that again, the challenge, the opposite that we're taught, especially in our, like, end-stage capitalist, you know, society, um, is that... We are supposed to be the strong, independent yeah. person. Like, look at the nuclear family. Look at how, like, look how isolated we've all become. We've yeah. lost the the larger family system. We've lost right. the village. We've lost the community. We, because, and we're taught we're supposed to do it ourselves. Like, yeah. that's what, um, like in every realm, like in work and personal life, like that's that's what we're supposed to um, aspire to be. Right. And I've done such a great job of being a strong, independent woman, yeah. and it's so fucking lonely. Yep. And. And so what I've learned especially like especially like as we couple, like I think that's the nuclear family thing. Right. We're taught you meet the person, you fall in love, and then you like leave everybody you yes, know. Do totally. you stop hanging out with your friends? Yep. Um, yeah. Um so especially men, I feel like they yeah. lose like all their friends when they yeah. when they get married or partner up. And so that happens and so then you're this like isolated little unit and you depend on each other for fucking everything. everything. Yep. And you destroy each other with the with the amount of obligation and expectation that comes along with that. Yep. And the way we found our way back, like, this is the first time that, I mean, for, this is, like, the most social and expansive, like, my, I feel like my community knows everything about my partnership. Yeah, totally. Because both of us were so open and we, like, we reach out to each other. Like, I couldn't... Yeah. I, I feel like I would have just, like, burned this relationship to the ground oh, <laughs> months yeah. ago if I didn't have you and I didn't have other people to process with and share yeah. with and move through, like... Some of these scary things and some of my anxious attachments, some of this like, oh my God, things are changing and what do I do right. now? Right, and if yeah. and I feel like if I hadn't if I didn't have people to process it with, if I didn't have people to cry with, to be yeah. able to like who really see me and get me when I'm hurting, yeah. I feel like I could I would could put a lot of weight an expectation on my
0: partner yeah oh and, my god right
1: right yeah like even I think this week I was like how much do I share with Lee because right. I'm like I'm going through all this but I'm like I don't feel like he needs to hear every right every thought that runs through my head yeah but I know Bez can handle it yeah <laughs> I want to hear all you want to hear it thankfully <laughs> I was like here's another 10 minute message <laughs> bring it on yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like it's and I think we've said many times over it's like this is this is how we raise a healthy partnership yeah it's totally. like by like by like holding it in community
0: yep yep yeah, and I think that's right. We that is really something that we're undoing that I'm really proud of, and I have the same. You know, you know this. But yeah, I wouldn't I, be here. Or I guess t- we would. I wouldn't be with anyone without you. I would be. I don't know where I'd be. But, but I remember.
1: I like. I. I think I was out of town, or like when you and Max first connected. Yeah. And by the time I finally oh, met yeah. him, you were
0: in Hawaii. Yeah. I was
1: like, I like, like, I think I like climbed in his lab. I'm like, I'm so like, I, I know, know you. <laughs> <laughs> and I
0: was like, this is Kaya. <laughs> she's why we're, she's why we're here. Right? Like, it just
1: felt so good. Yeah. But you could have like, you guys, you could have disappeared yeah. into partnership, you know? And yeah. I was like, it would, we,
0: we would all miss out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what we're taught is like, you know, A, to just depend on, that one person or, you know, the, the nuclear family, like you're saying. And yeah. for some people that does include extended family, you know. But some version of it, yeah. yeah. And then the other thing is is to not kind of air our laundry, you mm. know, to not burden people with our problems, to not, and to keep up that facade yeah. that everything's going great over here. Right. You know, so if I actually tell my community that something is, is going on, if I share that with my friends, and in some, you know, lots, I would say, lots of circles, like, the partner would get mad and be like, why are you telling people bad things about me? Like we're supposed to be doing well. Like we're this upstanding example of partnership. And it's vulnerable Mm. and scary. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's again, that kind of obsession that our culture has with, with the facade and with like how it looks instead of how it feels and with our lack of humanity, you know, Mm. the lack of that just shared sense that like, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Everyone (laughs) has the same problems. Like literally, you know, And some of us, you know, we, we, we learn a a piece of wisdom and so we pass it along and we share it and thank God that's happening because then we can all learn together. But yeah, just really getting away from that cultural norm. And this one can be very deeply rooted for some of us that I'm supposed to have, I'm supposed to appear perfect,
1: Yeah, you know, and that
0: if I connect with community about what's actually going on for me, that I'm not, I'm not. You know, I'm going to lose my status. I'm going to lose my job. I'm yeah. going to, you know, my partner's going to be mad at me. People aren't going to respect you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're, exactly. you're a failure. Everybody I'm a knows. Oh, I'm Nobody's going to want to hang out with me because all I'm doing is I'm a downer all the time. You know, I'm talking about my problems. And yeah, sure. You know, sometimes.
1: Yeah. You are a downer. <laughs> you your journal instead of talking about your problems. <laughs> I, but. Yes. And I think that's part of the <laughs> you No, it's true. I think this. I mean, I think it's it's worth mentioning. That's like maybe part of the sovereignty piece, or just like checking in. Like, yeah, sometimes it is good to see. Like, do you have the bandwidth? I know mm. which one of my friends have different levels of bandwidth. Like, right, I can leave. I can leave, you know, 15-minute messages yeah. with you if I need to. is yeah. like, five minutes tops. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, and, like, that's great. I love that because then I know who, you know, like. Right. Because I, that way I can get what I need from you and then I can, like, go and self-tend and, and then I can, or can go to another person. But, yeah, I'm not taking advantage of yeah. ever pushing. So. And you know what it
0: is, though, and this is maybe totally a side tangent. Let me see how much time we have left. Uh, I'll make it quick. Is that <laughs> you, the reason I will listen to any message you leave me, no matter how long it is, is that you're not complaining. Ooh. Like, you don't complain. You know, and it's totally different to listen to, for me, a girlfriend or any kind of friend, like complain about their relationship even for one minute I'm just right. like okay this is not interesting to me yeah. but for someone to be sharing you know their struggles what they're learning what they're, they're they don't they know the answer you know they're right. reaching for it though Yeah. or they're like fuck this I hate this and like I'm you know here's here's the process I'm this going through this is why I'm moving so. to Norway yeah exactly <laughs> you know and I like that too but like yeah I think that is that is something and you know I think one of the, I don't know where self-management fits into our principles because that is a huge one for us too is, it's the sovereignty piece and yeah, return, and returning to self, of, right? Of, yeah. yeah, returning to self, maybe just like how important it is to also, yeah, do that journaling. You know, yeah. do that self processing. But, but yeah, like in our culture, I think we are trained so much to hold hold it inside. You know, and I
1: know, I mean I know Bez will not let me get away with anyone, anything. <laughs> you call me on my shit, and and I and <laughs> so like when I'm leaving those messages, like. I know I better be like ready yeah. to like receive like the realness back. I'm like, okay, Sorry. I'm here. I'm bloody. I'm messy. I don't know what's happening. And you do. And, and I'm so grateful for it because I don't want to be. I don't want to be know. stuck in this like victim yeah. complaining cycle. I'm like, how do I? How do I move through this? Totally. I'm and stuck. then I'm
0: like mercy kill.
1: <laughs> <You do. laughs> so good. I'm like, oh. I, everyone should have a buzz. Aww. Yeah. That's part of community. Find find your local (laughs) beds.
0: Yeah. All right. Where are we at? Feeling all warm and gushy. Oh yay! (laughs) Um, wanting what is? Oh, maybe transparency first. Okay, that's not because yeah, that feels like kind of one of the, yeah. I mean, one of the things that's core to knowing what to talk to your friends about <laughs> and also what to talk to your partner about. And this kind of reminds me of desire in terms of one of these silly things that we think, you know, we're trained to like lie yeah, straight up, yeah. you know, to lie, to conceal, to not yeah. share difficult things, to, you know, lie about our accomplishments, which, you know, I can be kind of a fan of some of that because I do think not lying, but I do think there is especially like acculturated female people we feel like we have to be experts in something before we can go for it right and you know me we started talking about oh, just, relating, I was like let's make a podcast <laughs> I was like wait I don't know anything I'm failing you're like great let's share it <laughs> I'm like will it record now <laughs> yeah. so I am a big fan of that you know so I do think there is a certain the risk-taking aspect of this I love just yeah. being like because I think we can take it too far and say yeah I have to be an expert or right. you know maybe the, yeah just just be kind of obsessed with perfection perfection yeah Yeah, and so that's different but for this principle of actually you know being able to say what's real for me you know is is one of those things that like yeah especially acculturated female people it's like you are not supposed to do that right at all I feel like (laughs) you even
1: said in these last couple weeks like I trust that my partner can handle this yeah I they can handle whatever truth I have and that's how we build a relationship but we're yeah we're taught in our
0: yeah, you just protect each other from like, yeah, whatever, whatever thing it is. Yep. Yep. And I think that that's, again, also have a lot of reverence for this one because it does directly link back to the embracing change bit for me. Um, Because there are times where, yeah, if I'm honest with myself and my partner, something's going to change, you know, and it can be really scary. And you and I have both been in, you know, really intense relationships in the past where it felt, actually dangerous you know and there was that feeling of if I'm honest here with myself even about what's going on someone's someone's gonna die that's where I always go you know someone's gonna kill themselves someone's gonna kill me and you know this is extreme and sorry to just like be dropping this but I think that people even people without that history
1: have that sensation in their body I think it's really yes Yes. yeah
0: Yeah, it is me too and even if die isn't you know because I take things really far (laughs) but even if it's something like they're gonna leave
1: right
0: you know or I'm gonna leave that used to be a huge fear of mine too was Mm -hmm. like if I'm honest with myself it's yeah, there's one fear that my partner's going to leave, but maybe even a bigger fear is that I am oh going to want to leave, God. you know,
1: and that's really scary. It is really scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz then I, if then I I uncover that, I have to do something with it, which is probably buried for another right. year, or two or three or whatever. But yeah, yeah but there's going to you're going to it's going to be a constant battle with that yeah. like truth. And so yeah. yeah, just being like committed to <clears throat> to truth and authenticity and transparency with your partner. And I think this is a big piece in maybe the sovereignty piece too, or even like a consent is like in, in moving into this new, new way of relating is we're getting rid of all of the norms. We're getting rid of all of the traditions and shoulds and patterns. And so we, it requires us to be really open and transparent, transparent with each other about what we want and need, what we're available for, what kind of relationship we're trying to create here together, because we're, I'm not showing up assuming, oh, We're in this type of dynamic. We're monogamous, or we're poly, or whatever, and so we just know what that means, and we don't want to talk about it until we get hurt. But it's like, no, this is—we are building every relationship going custom. Have we done that? Yeah, (laughs) we're going custom, and that's how. Like, we have to be, we have to be able to have uncomfortable conversations.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and I, I really can feel like because I've been in this type of relationship so long, where I wasn't being authentic and it happens really slowly. You know, it is insidious mm-hmm. like and I'm meticulous about it now to the degree that I can be because I've just done that too many freaking times where there's one little withhold here, there's one little okay, it's not the right time so I won't do this conversation now. Right. There. Yeah. And then, you know, months to years later, you have that feeling that I think at least I, and I think most people can spot in a couple when you see them where they're both just like, hi, and there's just, you can tell that there's a lot of unspoken shit going on between this couple and with
1: themselves. And it feels so miserable to be in their presence and you you don't even know what's going on. You're just like, my body does not want to be
0: here. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been that person where it's like, there's so much unspoken stuff. And I think that's one of the saddest feelings Like we've talked about, like being lonely, in a relationship, Mm -hmm. sleeping right next to that person and feeling like there's a million miles between you. And I really feel like this is why, is that there's so much unspoken truth, fear, pain, you know, withheld facts, you know, things that you've done that you haven't told them that you're afraid to tell them. And like, that is just, you know, like one of those, I think John Gottman, he talks about the four, Mm -hmm. the four harbingers of death Mm -hmm. of a relationship and yeah, like one of them is is it's not withholding because I can't remember what it actually is, but it's something like that. Right, you know, might be withholding. I don't know. Yeah. But one of them has that flavor where yeah. it's like that is one of the first, you know, the first things that is just the nail in the coffin is is when we stop telling each other the truth. It's you so know? hard to come back. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And again, like one at some point you're gonna have to and it, it's gonna happen. Like we are not gonna do this perfectly because we right. especially like you know, some of us have decades of experience of doing it oh, the yeah. other way. Yeah. But like when you when you catch that or when you feel that and there's something you need to share it's like i i'm gonna i'm gonna face the discomfort that is going to come up
0: in both of us i'm going to face the possibility of change it's going to come up right um yeah Yeah. and i think this one for me is about like the scaffolding you know it's like yeah one example of or one instance of like okay i withheld something i was afraid to talk about it and now i'm gonna you know catch it pretty quick quickly and come back right what happens when we don't do that is then the, all the scaffolding builds up and that's Ooh. the part when i feel that i've done this in relationships where it's like okay I'm, I'm withholding this thing so in order to withhold this one small scary thing i have to take this posture and then in Ooh. order to take that posture i have to tell this other lie and then in order to tell the other lie i have to pull away from my partner because they are going to feel it right and then pulling away from my partner and then they start to look weird so then i turn this <laughs> way it's like this whole complicated right you know this whole like intricate Thing that's been set up to just hold like hide this one lie or this one Withhold, scary thing or, yeah, yeah this one yeah. feeling that i don't want to share right, right and, and like right. that is i can just feel it in my body and picture it's like walking around all stiff I like can if feel... i move or breathe if i breathe this whole thing's <laughs> gonna fall over right know? and how
1: much scarier and how much more of your your
0: energy it takes to yeah, yeah. and then yeah yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we only have a few minutes left, or we have less than a few minutes left. We're gonna do it. okay. We're gonna go. We'll go over a little bit, just a little bit, because these next two are so important. I know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like so the last two are wanting what is. You know, being a lover of reality to me has been like, oh my. I mean, that's a whole. I don't it's, know. It's just like, like a life minutes. philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a massive departure from everything we're taught, which is that you know you should love the fantasy.
1: Yeah, the potential of my mm-hmm. partner. Oh, look at look at who they who are they are and look at what I can make them yep. be. They're almost they that perfect partner. Yep. I can just see it. I can see their best self. It's just waiting around the corner. They're one book away. Yep,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that one being, <sighs> oh my God, so huge for me to undo that, to Yeah, actually be actually accept someone for who they are is I mean, the the more and more I'm adopting this one, the more I see like I have no options if I don't do that. Like right. As a sovereign being mm-hmm. who's in charge of my life, if I'm not willing to live in reality, I can't, I, I got nothing, right. you know, like we're, we're just, then that's when we need the friggin' escalator. That's when we need mm, all these right. obligations because if we're not willing to accept things as they actually are, then we have no good data to make decisions. And so we just have to hop on the ride because mm. it's like, well... <laughs> You know, yeah. This this looks like it has the potential to be a good relationship. So let's hop on the escalator. And, and we do both, the thing. we all
1: have enough experience. That we're like, yeah, you be, you participate in my projection, and I'll participate right. in yours. And here we go. Yeah. And and the excitement. I think it's in one of those things. It's like the the raw vulnerability of like, here's what is, and I don't like feel like I see this a lot, especially in like, the the traditional story of, like, a, a woman longing for a man who isn't available. Right. Like, he's telling you, he's showing you. Maybe, yes. he's, maybe he's not telling you, but, but he's showing you yes. in all the ways. He's like, this is all that I'm available for. This yep. and nothing more. And you could choose to, like, love him and keep him at whatever distance you need for that to work for you. Mm-hmm. Or you could, like, hold on to, like, but maybe he's going to but maybe. Yep. And it's like... So the same situation could be this beautiful relationship, beautiful friendship or whatever. Yeah. Like, and you could just like really see this person for who they are, or you can really hurt both of you and yeah. try trying to contort them into something else or trying yep. to contort their availability into something else and contort yourself and contort yourself into something else. And so it's like, when you do this, when you can look at the world around you, it just gives you so it gives you choice. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you, it gives you power. It's yeah. like, this is, power. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: yep. Yeah, and actually, right, and having options. And I think that that's, I, I, this was one of the things that really shifted my relationship when I when I first got together with Max. And I really, I, I remember where I was on my streets. I have these visual moments where, mm. like, the thought falls into my head. I, I was taking a walk. And I was like, oh, my God, misery is wanting something that's not available. Like, yeah. that is fucking relationship misery. Like, I can't think of anything more, you know? Mm. And there is a nuance between have a desire, and I don't know how to get it, and I don't know if my partner wants it, and oh, it's scary and exciting. You know, that's right, also right. really beautiful. But this kind of chronic feeling of like, why isn't he doing this? And yeah. why isn't he available? Why hasn't he texted me? And why aren't, why, you know, why isn't this progressing the way I wish it did? Or why doesn't he call me back? Or why doesn't he look at me? You know, mm. and just all these things we're really realizing, like, oh my God, that is just that is a full-time job. You know, wanting something that doesn't exist (laughs) right? It's literally a full-time job instead of just getting right with, okay, this is, I I want what's available, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I, and maybe it's not so much that I want it, but I accept it, you know, Mm. I accept it. And then I begin to love it because, because then I'm working in, in reality, you know, I'm working with what's actually available to me. And when I work with what's available to me, I can actually have mm. things in real life instead yeah. of just in my head. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was a huge revelation for me too was that at one point I realized, "Oh my god, I've been living in fantasy relationships like my whole life." Right. I've been engaging in my head with the potential. Yes. I've been or or with the either positive or negative. You know, either it was a nightmare or it was a dream, you know. Right. And either way, I'm just over here having a relationship with my own projection yeah. and not even connecting with a real human. And I feel like we've both talked about this in the podcast with, with each other where we're like, Oh my God, an in infinite relating. We actually get to connect with a real human
1: <laughs> right. as oh, they are yes. and get to
0: know them and get to experience their gifts and yeah, be disappointed sometimes. But like, that's, it's like the the cost of actually being present with what someone's really available for and what they're and what, which is what they show you with their actions Absolutely. and their values, you know, is that we get to have a relationship with an actual other person and which
1: it's, it's real and i yeah. i feel like that's i keep saying like with lee i was like um like part of the yumminess and the magic is like wow you you're this mystery to me because like yeah. i could like take the information i have from when we met and then like project the, who i think you are It's like oh now i have enough information i have this idea and that's what i used we used, i used to do yeah and and then then they do something different you're like wait you you right. broke the rules you did something <laughs> different but instead you get to stay in this space where you're like you know like I'm always in reality you're a dynamic person and how exciting like I get to keep getting to know you in real life right right it's so good when we can you know Mm -hmm. dance with us we can't we can't let go of the fear completely but we can maybe just dance with it or hold it lightly and even like this morning we're like we were laughing at it like oh this is really uncomfortable but we're doing it you know it's like
0: totally yeah (sighs) oh my god so there's so many so much more to say about that but we're going to keep going and there's only, one, yeah. there's only one, left. There's one left and it's a huge, another huge one. Cause we only have huge ones cause we're so good. We <laughs> yeah. just, we only share really good stuff. They're potent, you know? Yeah. And the last one is the Us Between Us. Yeah. so sweet. It's kind of sweet we ended on that one. It is. It feels like... Know. That was, like, one of
1: the first that it we, was. like, excavated. Yeah, it was. And I don't know how, like, what tool, what archaeologist tools we use to excavate a three-dimensional, three-dimensional stool, stool. Oh, floating oh, through space. Yeah. <laughs> if any of you guys have been listening. Yeah. Um, I think
0: it's episode four or five. It's, it's pretty cute. It is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but this is, again, this is, like... I think some of these are essential. They're like really underground and they're kind of um like run they like we need to like just be running them all the time, yeah. with, maybe without so much um conscious awareness. I feel like the us between us is one that we kind of like bring to our forefront over mm-hmm. and over again to kind of like do a calibration check. Yeah. And it's totally. the, you know, the us between us. And so there in every relationship, there's me, there's you, and then there's the us. Right. And and I think the challenge that we're taught, you know, the the opposite that we're taught from our past conditioning is that we are supposed to control yeah. the us between us. We're right. supposed to control where this is going. Right. Um, that's how you create and safety. The other and the other person. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, you control the us. Well, you, you control everybody but myself. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to manage her. She, yeah. would, um, except for when she's caretaking everybody. But yeah, that the us between us is when we. So we're taught to control it. We're like. Here again, here's like, ooh, here's this person. I'm excited about them. Maybe Mm -hmm. they're my lover. Maybe they're my partner. Let me guide us in this direction. Let us hop on the escalator together. And really, when we feel like that magnetism, that energy, like it's so potent. And if we can just like kind of like surrender into that flow, yeah, like that's where we get to discover new ways of relating and connecting. And I think that's part of maybe what like we felt when we first started Infinite Relating with our current people. It's like I was like, oh my god, this is so good. If I just like let go of control and re- like, there's so much here, and this is a relation. I get to relate in ways that I never have before, right? Because I've never allowed it to
0: just evolve and totally. be on its own. Yep. Yeah, totally. And this is another one of those that feels just like it is reality. And we talk a lot when we describe this principle to people that, like, if you've ever been in a relationship and you've tried your freaking hardest to save it and it's just going downhill, uh, that's yeah. the us between us having. You know, it has its own lifestyle lifestyle like life cycle and trajectory that yeah. we can't control and then same with there's that person that you're like fuck I don't want to be attracted to this person <laughs> like why do they keep showing up like we keep running into each other like this is really inconvenient right they don't fit all my boxes yeah so, exactly yeah and they're against my preferences they're too young they're too old they're the wrong gender like whatever it is but it's like there's something here you yeah. know and I love that principle that there is this third force at work that isn't just you and me I was also you know, writing about this one for the module, and I was like, it kind of serves as a tiebreaker in this cool way, Ooh. which I hadn't thought about before, because we're acculturated that it's just you and me. Right. Definitely that there isn't this kind of woo-woo spiritual third entity <laughs> <laughs> that is our combined energy. Right. No one teaches you that. And we're it's just you and me, and therefore that sets up like almost an immediate power struggle. Like, mm. it's me, it's you. Like, are we equal really, who's winning? Really, yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow, the us between us can serve as this tiebreaker where it's like, well, I'm not sure. And you're not sure, but what is, what do we want? Like, what is the, what is our combined energy doing? And we know what it wants mm. based on what it's doing. You wow. know, it's Ooh, like yeah. we're being inextricably pulled together or there's not, you know, there's kind of distant, you know, we're kind of where the magnetism. Right? Yeah. The yeah. magnetism yeah, is less. Energy, and so, yeah. yeah. So that's a time, you know, and in this three legged stool <laughs> idea, <laughs> that we attend to, you know, what, is it time to put attention on myself? Like, am I leaving plenty of space for my partner to put attention on themselves? And am I attending to the us, you know? And being able to keep all three of those forces at work has, oh yeah, I mean, that's been like such a game changer for me to listen to that instead of just thinking that I have to do it all on my own or he has to do it all on his own or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and knowing, like, I think the big thing is like we realize like how much um, a power our attention has and it's mm-hmm. like am i putting enough attention on all of these all three of these am i keeping them in balance and and they're not going to be in constant like constantly balanced. Right. but it's just like it's kind of like the dance of them like yeah. okay like this one's getting stronger but I, ooh, I left myself behind a little bit so i'm yep. gonna pull back and totally. I, you know like i think both of our partners are really good at being like i need my alone time and yeah. it's like yeah thank you like thank you for making sure that part is really taken care of and i think what comes up for me in this too is this notion that we've discussed is like I don't want to be in a relationship of compromise. Like yeah. compromise is this like old notion of like what you have to do to be in a relationship. And that feels lose lose. Yeah. And I like this notion of the tiebreaker is yeah. the us. And because we're we're looking for win-wins only. Yeah. Win-win or pause. Yeah. Totally. But I, I lose lose just doesn't. Yeah. Yep. No. I have to give up a little bit. You have to give up. Now we're both like stuck in obligation and misery. Yeah. 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 Woo! Yeah. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> thank you for joining i think this was a really this one feels really important because it's like all of the things that we've been excavating over the last what seven or eight months however yeah. long we've been doing it yeah. have really formed into these like 10 basic core
0: principles yeah. that we'll be sharing yeah. on a um, in our online course yeah and in other formats so yeah stay tuned for that thank you for listening see you next week Thanks for listening to the show. Hang out with us more at dot Love and stay infinite.